Hello and welcome to KBOTAK, a short podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas with me, John. And this is another episode of the K-drama catch-up. I'll be giving my thoughts and impressions on one of the TV series that I've uh, been recently watching from 2021. This episode, we're going to be talking about Taxi Driver. Don't die, get revenge. We'll do it for you. Taxi Driver features Lee Jae-hoon as Kim Do-kin, who uh, you can also see in Move to Heaven and Time to Hunt. Uh, it features Isom as Kang Hana. Uh, it features Kim Ui-sung as uh, Chang Sung-chul, who you might know from Train to Busan as the famous uh, evil businessman. Um, and it features Pyo Ye-jin as An Go-yun. Uh, Kim Doki is uh, a taxi driver whose mother was murdered uh, earlier in his life and uh, he now works for the Rainbow Taxi Company uh, getting revenge for people who have faced uh, terrible problems in their life that the courts and cops have not been able to help with uh, Hannah is a prosecutor uh, Sung Chul is the CEO of Rainbow Taxi and also the Bluebird Charity. His parents were also murdered when he was young uh, or younger. And Go Yoon is a hacker whose sister committed suicide. Uh, so the core cast is a group of people who have faced some terrible things in their lives and now work to try and help others. It is based on a webtoon called The Deluxe Taxi. And the stories here are derived from real crimes, uh, which include exploitation of mental illness in factories, the sharing of personal and even explicit videos without consent online for mass consumption, uh, abusive work cultures, and school bullying. This is available to watch on View here in Southeast Asia, and also Vicky, Rakuten Vicky, that is, for the US and UK. The show takes the form of six self-contained stories or cases that the company helps with, with two four-episode and four two-episode arcs. Usually one episode is spent on the setup, finding out what has happened to these people, um, who the baddies are, and Doki infiltrating the lair of the villains. And then it gets into how they pull off the revenge for the second episode. And that gives you your week of, often with these uh, dramas you get like a, Saturday, Sunday, or a Friday, Saturday, two episodes a week. With the four episode arcs, it becomes more complicated, and these are the harder cases that the team often has to crack. So, what happens in the show? The Rainbow Taxi Company leaves their business card in, for example, popular suicide spots. People see it when they're at their lowest ebb, literally about to take their own life, and they ring the number. The card says, don't die, get revenge, we'll do it for you. A rep, usually Doki, goes out and picks them up, listens to what has happened, explains the service, and drops them at a particular arcade where they get to log on to one of the machines and choose if they want to actually proceed with getting revenge. This is an amazing hook. This is something that we all really want from life. We all want to feel that there's justice and that someone is there to set things right when we've been wronged. Rainbow Taxi are basically wish fulfillment given form. Uh, it's almost irresistible, at least to me personally, 
as an idea for a TV series. People work uh, for this taxi company that is actually a group of vigilantes who are out to set the record straight on all these horrible things that have happened and get revenge where it hasn't been meted out and create justice where it la- it's lacking. Um, the scenes that lead up to Rainbow Taxi arriving on the scene are often very sad. They show people being exploited, abused, mistreated, beaten, tormented in many different ways. The show is not interested in giving you reasons to sympathise with its villains. These are the worst people in the world, and they need to be stopped, and Rainbow Taxi are the people for the job. That is the message, and is delivered loud and clear. By contrast, Doki is usually introduced in the coolest way possible. So this sleek taxi pulls up, there's this incredible 80s synthwave playing, The window rolls down to show this handsome dude in dark shades. There's usually a really sad bloke looking at him tearfully uh, who comes into view out of the window uh, and uh, he gets them into the car. It's just amazing. Um, It's one of the best concepts and just some of the most uplifting and joyful scenes that I've ever seen on TV as these two parties come together and you think, okay, now we're going to get even and this person who's faced this horrible thing uh, is not going to not only uh, not going to suffer anymore at the hands of this terrible person, uh, but actually will feel like uh, things have been set straight a bit for them. And the music is a huge part of this. It's quite literally perfect for the show. Uh, Just this strident, muscular, synth soundtrack. It's all really catchy and heroic. It sets you up for each story brilliantly. Um, The moments where the team are getting ready to roll out and uh, go out to help someone and there's this cool music playing again it's irresistible many things about this show are to me at least completely irresistible and it's highly bingeable because it is a real tonic there's lots of humor in this show as well although it deals with obviously some really serious things uh, like when you first see Goyun who you're introduced to as an ordinary uh, sort of taxi company administrator and and office manager Uh, she goes behind the main taxi company office she goes behind uh, this wall panel and through this tunnel uh, like in a James Bond movie and it takes her into this kind of bat cave style place Uh, there's cool funky music playing as usual and then it dramatically rotates this platform to reveal uh, a taxi I was just absolutely in tux Uh, the way that they set it up it's so sort of self-aware what they're doing Um, but then in the show they're actually pimping and customizing these taxis to withstand bombs and car crashes uh, and have uh, removable plows that knock other cars off the road it's really silly but it's so much fun Uh, and how they have created this alchemy of just bonkers silly uh, self-indulgent premises like this um, and then used it to to apply it to some really serious issues that have happened within society um, and, and give a message a, a, about it and about uh, vigilantism uh, this is extremely well made um, and, and just really well done once you've found out who the villain is who the victim is uh, Rainbow Taxi are on the scene then you get the infiltrations, which generally take place across the, the maybe the end of one episode and the beginning of another. And these are a lot of fun because 
Ducky has to pose as employees, business partners, teachers, and this is where Lee Jae-hoon absolutely shines. He's often quite serious and he's this sort of cool cat. Uh, he doesn't say much. He's quite sort of stoic. But when he slips into these roles, he becomes exuberant and goofy, uh, often to hilarious results. And uh, it shows that the guy is a genuinely great comic actor, especially his physical comedy and his facial expressions. Uh, he's just bouncing off the wall and cracking jokes. He's just getting people into situations where they're going to completely undo themselves with the information that they're going to reveal or what they're going to sign because he's uh, tricked them into it. Uh, it's uh, so much fun to watch, especially the teacher in the school bullying episodes, which was the, the second arc of the show, had me cracking up every time. In fact, I think it's a really good decision by the creators of this show to have Doki crack the first two major cases quite easily. He doesn't have a lot of trouble uh, with the first case, which is um, a, a kind of a, a factory where, as I sort of re referred to earlier, they're taking advantage of uh, people who have uh, mental illness. Um, and then there's the uh, school bullying um, and Ducky is able to sort these out, these out quite easily. He's usually got the upper hand and I think the creators astutely realised that the joy here was in watching him get revenge, not struggling to do so. Um, you turn this on and you want to see these people get their comeuppance and so they give it to you. They do introduce more peril and struggle later on uh, but uh, that's more for the, the four episode arcs uh, where there's quite involved stories with these first two cases you get to watch him play these people like a fiddle and then exact revenge so although the team and Doki and all the imagery is really cool uh, there's a lot of fun to be had with this show the things they deal with are often bleak like I've mentioned they're taken from real news cases that happened in South Korea and honestly, uh, most of this is stuff that has happened worldwide to people. Um, so the case where the factory is taking advantage of mentally ill people, they're, they're lured in through a corrupt insurer um, and uh, they, they are made to work in terrible conditions. They're bullied, they're abused, uh, they're locked up in barrels. Uh, it is absolutely grim uh, to watch, but we know watching this, this isn't a uniquely... South Korean phenomenon. People are abused in factory conditions all over the world. Um, and uh, I think that is part of the uh, honestly very global appeal of this show. Uh, if Squid Game became the South Korean drama that uh, hooked in the world because of uh, what it had to say about capitalism and uh, the lives that we, we lead saddled with uh, debt and stress over having enough money to basically just exist and be alive, um, then I think that this show, if it could get out to a, a global audience, would hit even more for people um, because it also picks up on things that happen all over the world, things we all relate to and we're all scared of a lot of the time because we're at the mercy of um, people that we work with and, and of trying to get a, a job uh, where none of this is going to happen to us. But then it kind of you know, whatever you think of vigilantism as a, as a solution, uh, it does give you some kind of catharsis into the bargain. It's a lot less bleak. Um, uh, so that that's the appeal of this show for me. They don't pull punches with the revenges either in this. Uh, so 
having talked a lot about how fun this is, this also feels very in line with your classic Korean revenge flicks in many ways. Doki isn't just like humiliating or pranking these people. He's not Bart Simpsoning them. He beats the daylights out of them. He blows at least one person up. He throws someone off a roof. Um, In the world of Taxi Driver, even if the courts have failed, the lawyers and prosecutors have failed, uh, the cops have done nothing, society has an immune response to inhumanity in the form of Rainbow Taxi, who meet out well-deserved and very painful justice, sometimes lethally. It's very interesting this way because it challenges you to actually think about this, to think, what do these people deserve? And the due course and what should happen, and when that fails, and if justice is left to vigilantism, then where does it end? In the show, Mr. Chang is taking the captured villains and giving them to an organ harvester. I don't know what his long game is. I haven't actually finished the series yet. Um, as I was about halfway through a, and a bunch of stuff started coming out that I wanted to get watched um, but it is asking uh, weighty questions it's doing it while having a lot of fun and it's making you think about like I say what is society's immune response if we have to do this ourselves if there's no one there for us um, how are we going to respond really stirring stuff and uh, a joy to watch at the same time like I said before a tonic I decided to just get into this. Uh, I chose not to prosecute the morality of what happens to the most awful people in the world too much in my mind. I'm sure there's plenty of people to do that. There'll be a lot of uh, essays online and uh, stuff like that. I just took great catharsis from this. It is another example to me of absolutely splendid South Korean TV. Brilliant concept, uh, executed with a plum, magnificent acting, and uh, the music is the best soundtrack to anything I've heard maybe in years. It's on Spotify, uh, and if I can sell one thing that I've talked about on this podcast purely through the music, just go and listen to the soundtrack for this, uh, because it's an absolute riot. I would class Taxi Driver as essential. I can't wait to finish it, and uh, when I do, I may come back round and do another episode on it. Until then, however, you can follow this show on at kbotakpod, which is K-B-O-T-A-K-P-O-D, on Twitter and Instagram. Retweets and shares are much appreciated. And just come and chat to us on Twitter. We've got a really nice community there now. Uh, We basically hang out and talk about Korean movies and K-dramas pretty much all the time uh, that we can, and uh, would love you to be a part of it. Best of all, if you like the show, please subscribe, leave a review. I'd love to be able to read it out on the podcast. Thank you for listening. Cheers.